Good morning. Welcome to Money Matters. Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown filling in today for Dave Petso. Um, you probably know a little bit about us. We fill in a couple times a year. I think this year we've done a few more than quarterly. I think you've done it a few more times, but I think we're on four. At, at least. Yeah. Year. Yeah. So we appreciate Dave taking some time off so that we can be here with you. Uh, we've worked together a little bit over close to 20 years now. Mm-hmm. I used to always say less than it was, but now mm-hmm. I'm going the other direction. Yep, you're rounding up. Yep. Rounding up's good. Um, but as always, we love phone calls. So please give us a call at 580-KIDO, 580-5436. Or if you prefer, email jstone at petsofinancial.net. So interesting market always this year. So I look at it and I think, well flat month for the Dow or for the S&P. It was down last week. The Dow was flat last week, but up for the month. So it's kind of going all over the place again still, but we expect that. But before we get into market stuff, we always have information for you to do your year-end checkup. And that's really where we're at this today for this, to give you different information on what you should make sure gets done before the end of the year. But next week is a very important week. Um, November 8th, What's 8th of November, which is a song that every time I hear 8th of November being an election day, I think of the song by Big and Rich. If you haven't listened to it, pull it up, watch the video on YouTube. It's extremely powerful. It makes you remember some of the things that we tend to forget because we live in such a wonderful place, even though it feels upside down. It's still an amazing country. Mm-hmm. But remember that and remember how important it is to vote. Yeah, it is. And I, I hadn't watched that before until you showed it to me this morning and everybody should watch that that is very powerful and it's um really reminds you of the sacrifice that people have given for us to have this ability yeah and we do we tend to forget i mean it's really easy when you get into your own comfortable lives you get caught up in what you want to do but don't forget to vote i know we live in what everyone says an extremely red state and this isn't a political statement one way or the other but i can tell you i've been involved in politics for as long as i can remember it was something that i was super passionate about as a child my dad involved us in it when we were kids we did lit drops for politicians i'd stay up late at night just to see what was going to happen it was kind of like a sporting event it Mm -hmm. was so fun yeah i uh, like i was telling you this morning i i Remember in 1976, I stayed up until after midnight watching the Carter-Ford uh, results. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was a big Ford fan. I didn't know really who he was too much. Sure. But I was really excited that uh, that, and then I was really disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It's and interesting, isn't it? that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And then you sit there, and I, when I first could vote, I mean, I'll, I'll age myself, I don't mind, was in 1991. At that time, Cecil Andrus was the governor of Idaho. Again. Because Again, yeah, because he was a Department of Interior, yeah, right? Under uh, under um, and Jimmy Carter. Carter, yes. Carter uh, nominated him to the, be the Secretary of Interior. Mm-hmm. And he was governor then, and then he came back and became governor again. Correct. And so you think about that was a pretty blue guy. And then mm-hmm. when Tom could first vote, because I'm going to age him too, because mm-hmm. we're a few years difference in age. It was in 83. Well, I already aged myself since yeah, you I did. was looking at Carter for <laughs> election results. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in 83, uh, right? So John Evans was uh, the governor then. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, his son was, uh, when I was in a uh, freshman in Idaho State, his son was in the dorm room next to me. Wow. One day I looked out the dorm and the governor the was walking standing down there? the hallway. And see, that feels, and now it's, we... I don't know. I still look at these people and think it's pretty impressive what they sacrifice to be in these positions. But we, as the citizens of this country, have to get out there and vote. We have to make a difference. We have to change things if we're uncomfortable. When Tom pointed out a statistic to me this morning that just is mind-boggling, we are ranked 139th out of 172 countries that can vote. 
And we started this. Mm-hmm. And we're not even taking the lead. And that that's on voter participation. So it's just like that's that's pretty uh, disappointing. It is. And I get midterms. Everyone says there's nothing really to vote for. But you should never say that. Or my vote doesn't matter. I just hate to hear that because you think about everyone that came before us, the sacrifices they made, how many people died to give us this privilege. And we say it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Especially in the local elections. Yeah, and that's ones that really affect us the most, but we overlook the most. Yeah. You know, we're always looking at the national news, especially now that you have all the national news at your fingertips. And like mm-hmm. I was saying, we, we pay more attention to what the senator from Ohio is doing than our senator from Idaho. And people don't even know what district they vote in. Isn't right. that funny? I know. I uh, uh, someone that's close to me asked me what district we were in just this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is interesting that... Um, that we we don't even we we get the flyers in the mail over and over and over and we can now gain texts yep. over and over and over and yep. i think that part of it might be overdone right yeah you get into it where you just don't, i just don't want to hear about this anymore i can't wait till election is over so i don't get these stupid things in the mail anymore yep but we yep. really should be paying attention to what these people are really saying and at least look at the issues too go in and see what's on the ballot to vote for mm-hmm. don't go in and just say i had no idea what we were even voting for this you can pull it up you can look at it and see what's on the ballot to make sure you're voting the way you want to vote right right because those those measures those uh, propositions so forth can be super confusing yes they can if you're trying to read them I remember the one that was vote yes for no and no for yes. And so they do get confusing. So make sure you're reading through what they are. And I I just still remember this. And then we'll get on to finance, I promise. But we just want to just talk about this for a little bit. Um, My daughters, when they first voted, both of them, they walked in and the oldest daughter, she went in and I think she went first time with her friend. And then my youngest came with us. And I remember when she walked in, the poll folks said, are you voting for the first time? And she's like, yeah. And they all stood and clapped for her. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. You realize how big of a deal this truly is. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't not do it. Get right. out there and vote. Right. Let's raise our numbers so that we're not less than 50% in the midterms. Let's bump that number right. up here in Idaho. Exactly. All right. So before we get to finance, so let's just jump to the phones real quick. Good morning, Jim. Hello, Jennifer and Tom. How are you? Oh, still hanging in there. Good. Trying, trying to pretend. Uh, uh, Trying to uh, pretend that the politics does not exist. <laughs> it's hard, luckily, right? Luckily, when I was growing up, I knew nothing of politics. You know the old thing about you know uh, life is what happens while you're making plans. My <laughs> opinion is life is what happens while you're involved in politics. <laughs> so I don't know. I I was left uh, politics to the adults, and I never figured I'd be an adult. And, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, see, the thing is, I think that voting comes from internally, from within. You can't really tell somebody to vote. You can't tell them they need to vote. And most of the time, it's like in a corporation. You get these voting things, you know, you have no idea who to vote for or for what reason. Mm -hmm. And that's usually how it goes pretty much everywhere, you know. So even if you vote, you might as well flip a coin. Right. That's why you got to get yourself educated on the issues and the people and just make sure you are voting for what you believe in. I know. But, you know, like they say in, uh, in the, all these polls and everything, people, people think that uh, everything uh, is going to hell, that their next door neighbor is having all sorts of problems. But when they're asked about themselves, you know, themselves, they're okay. Right. They say, well, I'm doing just fine. So anyway, I try to uh, focus on me. 
And I was always taught to vote and always have. Mm-hmm. So I tooled my ass down to the uh, down to the polling place. Yep. And, of course, if it were up to me, there'd still be paper, paper ballots, and everybody would vote on the voting day and all this kind of thing, you know. There sure. wouldn't be any uh, whatever. Any uh, absentee mail or mail-in, in. yeah. They wouldn't. They wouldn't be dropping ballots from planes or anything else. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. Well, good. All right. Well, go vote, I guess, and enjoy your weekend, Jim. So anyway, how are y'all doing financially? We're doing Great. good. Keeping busy. How's that? Well, the last month was pretty good, I hear. And, and, and some uh, indices, yeah. <laughs> just remember, uh, just remember, if, uh, whether the market goes up or down, if you've got your health, you've got pretty much everything. You're right. You're right. Anyway, take care. You now. too, Jim. Great to talk to you. All right. Before we take our first break, though, I did want to say, if you would have invested $10,000 on Election Day in 1991, so the first time I could vote, it would have grown as of the end of September, to over 170000 I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but think about that for a minute. That's 10% compounded per year. And then if you would have gotten that last double, because Tom and I are about seven years apart and invested on Election Day when he was 18, that would have grown $10,000 to 550000 All that says is time does matter. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to Money Matters. Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown filling in for Dave Petso this morning. He's actually went off to a conference this week um, to learn a little bit about the whole merger with Schwab and TD, which mm-hmm. will be happening before we know it. Yep. It's shouldn't be too impactful. To but I, we always say it shouldn't be too impactful until it happens, right? It'll be impactful for us. All right. All right. Give mm. us, please give us a call. 580-KIDO, 580-5436. Or if you prefer, email jstone at petsofinancial.net. So we were talking a little bit about the upcoming election next week, but also wanted to kind of tie that into another, I don't know, amazing privilege that we have for living in this country. You can actually save for yourself, take care of yourself, invest in the market and create your own wealth. I I think it's such an amazing thing that uh, you can, I I guess I'll steal Dave's quote because I do think it's really right. Um, Being born in America is like winning the lottery ticket of life. You have so many opportunities. You just have to take advantage of them. I mean, the whole key is freedom. Yep. And uh, that's why we vote. And that's why we have the Villia vote because we want control over our own lives and not have it dictated by government. And, you know, now after working in the industry for pushing 30 years, again, dating myself, um, we've had a lot of clients that have transitioned from beginning to save to doing fairly well and accumulating to now getting towards that, I guess, the pinnacle of what Mm -hmm. they've done their entire life, right? Now they can decide, do I want to change careers? Do I want to retire? Maybe just slow down. What does the next part of my life look like? And people are living so much longer. There's a lot of life after you get to that point. Right. And that's why it is important because that gives you all that freedom. Mm -hmm. If you save, you have freedom. If you wait and you're just waiting to take Social Security or a pension, then that reduces all the freedom because now it's just you're restricted Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. it doesn't give you that allowance to do what you want to do. And we talk the emotions of this investing all the time. Um, goes back to when we made the comment of 10,000 when I first could vote, grew to over 170,000. And Tom, with just a few more years, actually had a little over twice that. Well, he got that last double. That last double is the most important one. We say that the rule of 72, if you get 10%, your money doubles every 7.2 years. Pretty simple math, right? So, But the point is, if you wait to invest, you won't get the last double. So when that 500 becomes a million, that's when the magic really happens. So when was that date that you ran that where you ran it right up to today? 
Or you, uh, no, in the September. Okay, but uh, yeah, recent. right now. Yep. So if you think about that, for me being alive, so that went through the Iraq War, that went through um, 9/11, that went through the Great Y2K. Recession, Y2K. Um, COVID, know, uh, COVID, all the different uh, things, the, tech the wreck, you just go on things. and on. Yeah. So the, all those things happened, and I still end up with that much money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that is today with what's happened this year. So uh, people kind of, when we stretch that out, Dave right, used to call it getting caught in the squiggle. When you get caught in the squiggle and you're so worried about what the little, the, what ends up to look like a little downturn when you stretch it over a long period of time and we start making emotional issues, then that really undermines uh, the whole 500 and some thousand mm-hmm. dollars because now you're reducing that because now you've, you're, you're not fundamental anymore. You're emotional. Yeah. And, you know, one, not one time did we say during Tom's, we'll use his because it's a better example. He did not zig or zag once. He didn't get out. He didn't wait till he felt better. He didn't say, let's just step aside and let the market feel heal or do whatever we feel and then get back in there's not one time did he say that he made a zig or a zag we just left the money we waited and we let the market do what it does which over the long term does great it's just those short term um, one of the economists we listen to all the time says don't look at investing through a microscope look at it through a telescope because when you go to a microscope all you're going to see are the downs yep and uh and i you, you were saying that all those little uh, analogies that people when I get to the sidelines, it's wait, it's uh, all those little things. I don't want to time the market, but I'd like to wait until things get a little bit better, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So when things are more expensive, would you please get me back right. in? It's just like I tell people. So you go past a gas station and gas prices have dropped to a dollar. You go, whoa, I'm not buying now. I'm going to wait till it goes up some. And then I'll, I'm really going to come back and buy some gas because mm-hmm. now that's the time. Right. right. Or, you know, it's, it can't get better. I've heard the earnings that they've talked about. And, you know, technology, now everybody's mm-hmm. going back to work. They're not going to need it. And so you start to hear yourself repeating everything that you hear or you read about. And the good and the bad about having access to unlimited amounts of information is you can confirm whatever you believe mm-hmm. over and over and over again and then talk yourself into it. And unfortunately, as emotional creatures, and we are, we're going to seek out the negative side and mm-hmm. we tend to forget about the positive side mm-hmm. and the worst thing that can happen is you do it once and you're right for a period of time and all of a sudden now now you feel now whenever i feel like this i'm going to do it in the future mm-hmm. and obviously that's a human emotion that can really kill you in investing long term and it's on both sides right you get out and you think you've dimed it right because the market continues to go down but then when do you get back in What's the trigger point to make you decide now is the time? So you look and you say, okay, I'm going to invest and I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to stick with it no matter what the market conditions are. That doesn't mean, oh, yeah, but this time it's not. This time it's different. This time I should take it out. This time I should wait. There's never been a market timer that is in a Hall of Fame. They're mm-hmm. just, they don't exist. I know we say this over and over and over again, and I know that people start to feel emotional. I know that it's hard to watch your money come down from the high points, but it's going to do that and mm-hmm. then reset again. Right. And it, that was interesting to me when you were talking about clients that have you know gone through the circle of life with us because I came in in the middle of a lot of those or toward the middle end. Mm-hmm. And I've grown to know a lot of these people. And I now know the history of where they came from. And Dave meeting them with them at a kitchen table and them not knowing and them staying with the plan and staying with that and how it's over and over and over and over. It works every time. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I also know 
that I've been around where some people couldn't follow the plan and we don't know what they're doing now because they're gone. Right, right? They, right. they just, they couldn't handle it. And uh, I, I feel bad for those people because I just see all these people that have created millions of dollars of wealth that no one knows their name. Mm-hmm. They're not famous people. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything noteworthy except they just stuck to a, a basic plan. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it is interesting, too, because it, when people come in and they first start investing, it, they're either really comfortable or they're very nervous. But as they get to that pinnacle, their whole personality can change good or bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Now they have enough. And now what do they do? Mm-hmm. So as you can hear the music, when we get back, we're going to help with some urine wrap up. There's a lot of things you have to make sure you get taken care of prior to urine or you don't get a do over. So we wanted to run through a couple of those, but please give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Love to hear about when you first were elected and what you feel about politics. It's fun to talk about, but do give us a call at 580-KIDO-580-5436. And again, email works too, jstone at petsofinancial.net. Good morning. Welcome back to Money Matters. Actually, it's Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown You're filling in Petzl? for Dave. I thought you looked like Dave Petzl. I do today. today. Yeah, throw on a hat. You can't yes. tell the difference. <laughs> it's the goatee. There you go. <laughs> As always, please get we love phone calls. Give us a call at 580-KIDO, 580-5436. Email jstone at petsofinancial.net. As the big voice said, these are our opinions and our opinions only. No recommendations to buy or sell any securities. We're just purely giving you information from an educational perspective. Um, As we were talking before, the election is coming up on Tuesday. So please remember to get out to vote. But also we wanted to talk about year-end wrap-up. I know we're still in November and have a couple months left, but that gives you enough time to get some of these things done. Uh, Most of you who have reached the lovely age of 72 have started to take required minimum distributions. Those are out of IRA accounts, qualified accounts, anything that is pre-taxed. Big, big, big one is if you have an IRA, you could have 10 of them, you can combine and take from one, but you have to take a distribution from qualified plans separately. So any 401k, be sure you're taking distributions from those accounts as well. Mm -hmm. And that's one that is confusing. It is. Everything's confusing. I don't know why they have that rule. You can combine everything else, but if you have a 401k, which the calculation is exactly the same, but if you don't do that separately, then you can get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and it, again, makes why? no sense. Yeah. So this is one of the rules that I don't know why they keep messing with it. I do know that extending the age to force distribution makes sense because we're living longer. But when they do that, they also mess up everything else. Mm-hmm. So if you were taking distributions before 2020, January 1st of 2020, you have to take them at age 70 and a half. After January 1st of 2020, it turned to age 72. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple different rules there. They did change the factor and that's what they use to calculate it. It's not a percentage. Most people say, what percent do I need to take? You actually take the year end value of the prior year. So this year, if you're calculating it for 2023, Whatever the value is on December 31st of 2022, you take that and divide it by an age factor. The first year is 27.4. So if you want to put that into percents, it's around 4%. Okay. And you have to take that out prior to the end of 2023. There's one rule of an exception. If you take it the first year, you have until April, but I wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. because then you take two in one year. Okay. So I know that's very complex. Just make sure you get your distributions out or they penalize you 50% of right. what you should take. And and remember, if you're turning 72 next year and this is your first year, you don't have to wait until your birthday. 
you the, if you're turning 72 on July 1st, you don't have to wait till July 1st. You can take it out in January if you want. Mm-hmm. It just has to be in the year of the when you're turning that year. Right. Uh, turning that if you want to take it that year. And if you're working, and I know this sounds. I hate to say it, but it's true. If you're working with elderly parents that maybe you have power of attorney and you're helping with this and maybe their health isn't great, taking it at the first of the year saves a lot of hassle of changing things and titles before the end of the year, which you would have to do if they unfortunately passed. So taking it early in the year does help potentially alleviate problems later. Right. And also remember that it is there is no magic, right? A lot of people go, well, would it be better if I take it early or take it late? And I go, I'll tell you at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But we, there isn't, there isn't anything, well, I'll leave it in and so I can accumulate more. Well, that wouldn't work this year. Right. So, so it's more of just have a plan for it and, and do it. If you want to keep it till the end of the year and use it for Christmas or use it to pay property taxes, that's fine. Just make sure it gets done. And, uh, and if you don't have any plan, just might as well take it as soon as possible and be done. Right. And if you like it monthly income, you can do that as well. I mm-hmm. mean, it's completely about you want to take those distributions, but just make sure they get done. Now, another wonderful thing, and I do like this, that they did make permanent was the qualified distributions to charities. Mm-hmm. It used to be we would wait till the end of December to see, are they going to let them do it this year? And we'd have to wait till the very last minute. They've taken that away, and you can donate your required minimum distribution up to $100,000 to a qualified charity. It has to be a charity, no children. People ask that mm-hmm. all the time. Can I give it to my kids? Yep. I know they feel sometimes like charity, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So to a qualified charity, and you do that through a direct donation. So don't take the distribution and give it to the charity. Direct it from your IRA to the charity. Yep. And all IRA companies will have the ability to do that. Some is going to be easier than others. Mm-hmm. But um, just make sure that if you do that, that it goes direct. If you take the money and give it to them, then that just goes back to the old rules of then you have to if you can itemize and so forth. Mm-hmm. This way, it reduces your taxable income dollar for dollar right off the top because it it just, you, you don't have it, you don't mm-hmm. report it instead right. of hoping that you can deduct it later. But one thing to remember, your 1099R tax form that comes in January shows all money out of IRAs. We get this call every year that says, hey, I gave a, I got a $100,000 distribution on my form, but I gave 50 to charity. You have to be sure to keep those records and give them to your tax preparer because it goes on a separate line yep, item. Yep. There, there, so the, there's a worksheet, and it and it basically says here's the distribution, and there's some other things that you can put on there for, on it. But there is one that with was any of this distribution given to a qualified charity, and that's where the nets out. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you only pay taxes on what you received and not what you gave to charity. But you have to do it that way. And remember, you cannot turn around and then deduct it as a charitable donation on your Schedule A. You can't get a twofer there. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. So also something new that's changed on our accounts, uh, clients can actually get a checkbook on their IRA. So if you're out around and you find a charity that you really want to give to, you don't have to call up, get a distribution form directed that way. You can write a check on your IRA to the charity of your choice, comes right out of your IRA, reduces that required distribution. However, please remember, checks take time to clear. So don't write the check on December 31st and expect it to come out on time. So if you're going to do that, write them at the 1st of December. Yeah, yeah. our custodian recommends or they say, please don't do them after the December 1st. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and also another rule change again. It used to be if someone inherited an IRA, not a spouse, spouses take them as their own. So if something happened to me, my husband would take my IRA and continue it as his own. But if 
someone other than your spouse inherits those funds, they have to take it out within 10 years. They're changing up and talking about making it if you have to take some money or you don't. What we like on Ross, it's great, right? Let it grow another 10 years. You can take the whole thing tax-free. Otherwise, with some flexibility over those 10 years, hopefully you can use your tax bracket and adjust for what's best for your your beneficiaries, basically. But that's something that changed, too. It's not over lifetime. It's over 10 years. Yeah. And I think that was that's going to cause a lot of problems down the road because mm-hmm. if people forget, they won't do it. Um, there is no... I, I just don't see how that that's that was not a well thought out or how you keep it. track of it. I mean, no. we've already run two different spreadsheets on when in, people inherited whatever. And mm-hmm. that's us trying to help. I don't know how someone on their own can know yeah. what to do. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. But we say that a lot. We do. Another way to give if you're um, thinking charities towards the end of the year. There are still a lot of investment stocks, individual securities that do have gains. Just because we've had a rough year, it doesn't mean you've given up all your gains. So if you're wanting to give to charity, you can give stock. So in-kind gifts of stock to charities. And this one you can do to your kids as well. You can give them assets that are highly appreciated, which means say you paid $100,000 for something and it's worth five. If you sold, you'd pay tax on the difference. But if you give some of those shares to a charity... They don't pay tax. If you give it to your children, they potentially pay at a lower bracket. Right. So there's ways to give if you have appreciated stock that's not through an IRA and it's not age-driven either. Anybody right. can give right. away appreciated stock. Yeah. The gifts to the kids obviously isn't a charitable donation, although we think it is. Um, but that, but again, if you're going to do that, again, don't wait till the last minute to try to get that done because you do have to fill out paperwork to transfer the stock you got to find out what your charity's uh, brokerage account and all that kind of thing. So it's always good to try to get that done earlier than later. And then another one that I was just listening to a podcast on, and um, we're going to pull tax Tom's brain on this one, and we like to do that, is flexible spending accounts through your employer. Um, If you have been contributing to that, they actually waive the requirement to liquidate those for the past two years. However, this year you need to get the funds out or you're going to lose them. So if you've been building up a big balance in your flexible flexible spending account through your work, check it. If you need to get your teeth done, if you need yep. to do something, Eyeglasses, pack it in. Contacts, you know, like you're saying, get your teeth or uh, a dental checkup, uh, mm-hmm. regular checkups, whatever the case may be. Um, kids, you know, you know whatever. Um, yeah, that's tax-free money sitting out there for you to use. Make sure you get it done. And if you got to buy a whole year's worth of contacts all at once, and then that's a great use. You know, then you're using a, you know, a tax deduction on the cost of those. So yeah, you or you that. and you lose it. You don't want to lose money right. that you've deferred yep. for medical expenses. Exactly. Yeah. So make sure you use it. Um, but again, it can't be for regular health things like toothpaste and dental floss. It has to be really medical right. expenses. And one thing I see doing people's taxes on the other side of that, there's flexible spending for medical. There's also dependent care for uh, like daycare. And a lot of people, they'll put money out and then they don't use it for daycare. Well, you can get, you're going to get taxed on it if you don't have an offsetting daycare expense so it's always a good idea if you've put money into a dependent f- flexible spending plan, basically, that you're making sure that you're having offsetting expenses that you're reporting or you're going to be paying taxes on that that you set aside for tax-free for that. 
Good, good. So um, <clears throat> if you wait till the end of the year to find out what your income is to see if you qualify for a Roth, that makes sense. You have up until you file your taxes Roth and traditional IRA contributions, SEP contribution, those individual plans, you do not have to contribute to them before year end. So don't get worried. That's not something that's required. A lot of people think, I know my income. I got to get this done before year end. You have until April 15th. They keep changing the date when that falls on a weekend, but normally it's April 15th. Mm-hmm of the following year to make those contributions. Conversions are different because Roths, if you convert IRA money, which means pay tax now, throw it into a Roth, that is taxed in the year that it's done. And that's a great thing that you can still do. If you're gonna, if your income is lower this year than normal, or you've decided to retire, uh, or you retired this year and your your income is dropping, then it's a great time to consider potentially, I do a lot of thought, with it, but potentially doing a Roth conversion before the end of the year and take advantage of that lower income bracket. But do talk to your tax preparer. That's why they're there. They can run hypotheticals. If you use a planning software, you can run one. You can just change your numbers from last year and just see how it affects you. But don't give up low tax bracket years for some planning purposes. Some people do. We'll talk more about that when we come back. But again, we really do want phone calls. I know this is not exciting stuff, but it's important stuff to get done. So please give us a call, 580-KIDO, 580-5436. Good morning. Welcome back to Money Matters. Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown filling in for Dave Petso. Before we jump to the phones, I did want to mention something that I'm extremely proud of a person that I know. Um, The Children's Museum of Idaho, I know I've mentioned them many times. We've had them on. But the founder and the executive director, Pat Baker, actually was named Woman of the Year by the Meridian Chamber of Commerce. So if you're out and about and you go and you go to the Museum, if you haven't yet, go check it out. But tell her congratulations. She has worked so unbelievably hard yeah. to get this going. You can going. send a message to the, to the Children's Museum's website, too, if they want to, too. Good, good. And look it up. It's, it's an amazing place. And she's done a fabulous job. So it, it, I'm very excited that I was part of it to begin with, but not so much now. But I'm just very, very unbelievably proud of what an amazing human she is. All right. Let's jump to the phones. Basil? Yes. Uh, how how are you? Um, fine. Uh, nice rainy day, but uh, it's, we need rain. Yes. Uh, I have a question about making... Um, transfers from 401k rollover to uh, Roth IRA. There is this wicked woman in the uh, IRS. I think her name is Irma. That's I-R-M-A-A. Can you talk about her and her wicked ways, please? Also, various Irma thresholds, I've heard. And if you are on socialist insecurity, um, she'll do horrible things to your (laughs) monthly deductions. Yes, yes. There are some tax things there, of course. But if you stay under the limits, they're very minimal. So when you go from a 401k and do a conversion, if you watch your tax brackets, it won't hit you so hard. You don't want to do a lot unless you want to pay a lot of tax. I mean, that's completely up to you. But it does have a ripple effect especially if you're on Medicare. All of a sudden your premiums double and you think what happened, right? Um, Social Security goes from being not taxed to 85% taxable. So when we talk about making a conversion, luckily we have a tax preparer in our office. So he'll throw the numbers into his software and see what effects it has on everything. So it's not as simple as, you know, I'm in a 10% bracket. This will jump me up to a 22. There's so many other things that come into it. So we never do things without analyzing the specific situation. Good point about the social security though, because a lot of people forget about it. And all of a sudden what you did caused social security to be taxable. I think that's what you're alluding to. And, uh, 
and before it wasn't, and all of a sudden now dollar for dollar for a period of time you're adding that much taxable income and it can add up to a lot of taxes quickly. Yep. Does that answer your all question? Right. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, I've been told many times, Basil, you need to seek professional help. I just hope they are talking about tax preparers, okay? Yes. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> so hopefully right, you're going to go somewhere sunny soon. Okay. A good day. You too. Take care. All right. Again, phone calls are great. We love them. So 580-KIDO, 580-5436, which does lead into exactly a great segment from um, Basil. He's correct. There are so many ripple effects for expenses that you don't think about. So please don't just look at tax brackets. If you're at retirement age and you are drawing Social Security or you're on Medicare, please look at those numbers because you may get that tax bill and go, what in the world happened? Or if you're on the health exchange, right, and you say, you know, I haven't made much income this year, I'm going to go ahead and do a Roth conversion, and all of a sudden your little premium credit goes away completely, and when you're filing your taxes and you sit down with Tom and you do your taxes, he goes, you owe $10,000, and you're like, what are you talking about? I calculated this. They took away that tax credit. you got to pay it back. Pay attention to these little things because you sure don't want to get hit with them. Yep, it is really important, and and it can... um, kitchen you, you're like one minute i know that they changed a little bit where it's not a cliff it's a slope for one year though uh, next year right and so um it it i've had numerous people have have premium have to pay those premiums back and it, and it's really a shock yeah and it's it's didn't have to happen. Right. right. And the thing about it is how come they say they always say, well, why would I pay health care premiums through my taxes? Well, that's not what's happening. You've been receiving a tax credit to offset that premium. So that's why you owe it back. Yeah. So pay attention. Talk to a tax preparer. That's why they're there. Or run the software scenarios yourself if you're comfortable. But make sure you know those numbers. All right. So we all know this year has been a little bit brutal in the market. We've had um, downs substantial. So look at your portfolio if you have a non-qualified account. That means not an IRA, a joint investment account, an individual, a trust, and look at your tax loss. So if you are having high losses on portfolios, you may want to recognize those. I know we don't like to sell low. I know we sound like we're talking both sides here. But say you own an S&P 500 type mutual fund, a growth fund of some kind. You can sell that recognize the loss, but you cannot buy it back for 30 days. It's called a wash sell. So if you do, that wipes out the recognized loss. You're just buying it back and you don't get any tax benefit. But you can buy into another fund. Maybe you buy a an exchange-traded fund, an SPY or something like that. not making a recommendation. I'm just saying find a similar fund, but not the same fund. And you can sell, recognize a loss, but still remain invested. Same thing with stocks. You can't buy Apple and then rebuy Apple. And they do have a, a rule where it's a constructive uh, replacement. So yes. you have to make sure that it do, the IRS doesn't look at it and go, ah, you just bought the same thing. So you, be careful if you're buying an S and, like the Vanguard S&P and then you replace it with uh, T. Rowe Price at right. S&P. Right. Um, they, Correct. They could get a little sticky on that. So be careful. So similar but not the same. Right. So say you sold Apple and you bought um, an exchange traded technology fund, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, recognize some losses. It helps long term. There will be year in distributions. There always are. We don't know what they look like, but we have seen some that are high and no one likes to pay taxes in a year that you lose money. Right. So look at your investments. Yep. And make sure if you're buying new mutual funds, just like you're alluding to right now, 
make sure that you're paying attention if they're going to pay one out. That's um, mm -hmm. that's on and on. We see people like that. I don't understand. Why am I paying this? I only owned it for like three weeks. Right. So what he's referring to is the distributions that come at the end of the year are fairly high. And if you buy them before they're paid, you may only own the fund for a week, but you get to benefit of paying for the tax for people that have owned it forever. So right. watch those distribution dates at the yep. end of the year. Yep. All right. We're going to jump the phones again. Michael? Yes. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to see if I can word this properly to uh, uh, get my point across. Where, what is the best tax advantage uh, as far as donations in kind, which is where you take money from your qualified account and send it directly to your, uh, you know, on your contribution uh, donation to somebody, uh, charitable, what have you, um, versus taking the money and writing it off as a donation on your taxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, there has to be an advantage one way or another. There is. Is it uh, taking donations in kind or is it taking the money, donating it yourself, but being able to write it off on your taxes? All right. So I'm going to talk about the donation side and then let Tom talk about the tax side. So if you are over uh, RMDH, are you over 72? Yes, indeed. Okay. So you would probably just want to give cash. There's no benefit to giving in kind. But if you give directly from your IRA, it's a dollar for dollar reduction of your income. So say you made $10,000 and you give a charity 10, your income would be zero. Okay. If you do it through the standard deduction versus itemized, I'm going to let Tom go ahead and run with that. So if you take in the same scenario, you... It was ten thousand dollars, and you take the money, and you then you and you try to write it off as a charitable donation on your uh, taxes. Then you have to put on your Schedule A, and then you're limited by the amount of your standard deduction. So I'm just going to round things to make them uh, easy. But uh, if you uh, gave ten thousand dollars and you're a single, and you don't have any other, you know, you don't have property taxes or mortgage interest or some of the other common uh, itemized deductions and your standard deduction is currently about 14000 you really don't get any benefit from the charitable donation. It just doesn't do any good. If you end up with some property taxes, it goes up to 15000 All that did is give you a $1,000 reduction of taxable income. So it really is a benefit of giving direct from your IRA if you're going to be charitable to do it that way, and especially if it's your RMD. Um, because you have to take that out anyway and it's taxable to you um, versus running it through your IDA Schedule A almost every time. Yeah, so see what, he, what he's trying to alert to there is if you don't have over 14000 of other itemized deductions at this point, so you're already itemizing, you'll lose that 10000 It won't really uh, reduce your income at all. So that's why if you give directly, it automatically reduces and you still get your standard deduction. Already, question. Another question associated with that is, do you have to wait until you're 72 to be able to do this? What if you're 60 years of age and you have a uh, qualified account established? Can you withdraw from that? No, you have and to wait till retire required minimum at 72. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. You're, Appreciate it. You're absolutely welcome. And I think we need to take a break. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. And then when we come back, we'll go to Terry. 
please give us a call, 580-KIDO. Good morning. Welcome back to Money Matters. Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown filling in for Dave Petso today. Um, before we jump back into year-end cleanup and wrap up and making sure you get these things finalized, we're going to jump to the phones. Terry? Well, good morning, kids. How are you doing? We're great. How are you? Well, it'll get better. We have hope. Yeah. That doesn't sound very optimistic. That's unusual. Oh, uh, no. It's just things happening in with with the girlfriend and whatnot. Oh, uh, by the way, kudos to Ashley down at St. Luke's Hospital. Done doing wonder does wonderful work. St. Luke's is a great place. Good, but, good, uh, good. But anyway, you asked a question earlier about why the rules are so uh, convoluted and confusing. Mm-hmm. And I I just assume it's the Financial Advisor Full Employment Act. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's why they make taxes so confusing, so people, tax preparers can be employed. There you go. Yep, but we say that often, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, anyway, I'm trying to get my humor back here. Uh, I, I, I wanted to, aside from all the tax stuff, and I know it's outside of what you've been talking about, but to reiterate to everybody who's not investing that, this is just the best time in a long time to accumulate assets for your retirement. Figure out your time frame. Figure out what, when you're going to need it and stick to a plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yep. And there's actually short-term stuff now, too, since rates have come up, which we haven't seen in a very long time. So if you have cash on the sidelines, we've talked about it. There are treasury notes that you can buy. I-bonds are paying. I mean, there's a lot of stuff now that you don't have to just sit on cash. Right. But, yeah, and I did have one serious question. I know Tom's really up on this uh, Bitcoin stuff. Is, yeah. <laughs> uh, does the, 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 the wash rule doesn't apply to Bitcoin sales, does it? No idea. I have no idea. I don't think oh, okay. so. But, well, you know. Uh, I don't know how it could. I, but. I, I, I would think the IRS, if they were here, they would say. Yes. It would. It would. But I, I can't tell you for sure if they have a rule for that or not because the asset right. is an asset. But. Uh, I don't know in real estate. I have never heard of anybody buying and selling, but 30 days is pretty is a short period of time. But I would well, think I, if they haven't, they will, right? Because they yeah. don't want to give uh, people the same opportunity to go out and buy Bitcoin and then take big losses and then buy it back the next day. So I would suspect that they would try to apply that rule even if they haven't specifically set it. Yeah, well, for cheap entertainment, I'm still trying to acquire a couple for my yet-to-be-conceived great-grandchildren. So <laughs> There you go. Anyway, well, you kids have a good day. Thanks, right, Terry. You too. Care. All right, good. So moving on to a couple other things that you need to look at before you're in. First, um, I wanna, we want to make sure we talked a little bit more about the Idaho Health Exchange mm-hmm. and Social Security. Yep, so one thing, to if you are on the exchange and you are taking – and this like mid-year, you decide to take Social Security. Um, remember that the full benefit counts against your health exchange income amount. So it's not just if it's taxable or not; it's the whole thing. So if you get two thousand dollars a month um, in Social Security, then that twenty-four thousand dollars all counts against your health exchange income. So make sure you're paying attention to that mid-year if you're taking Social Security and you're on the exchange to uh, let them know that you took that so they can adjust if they have to. Yeah, perfect. Um, there's a lot of gotchas out there, so Terry's right. There, get asked for help if you need it. Also with health, ex- health insurance, don't try to figure it out on your own. I know we're in open enrollment, I think still right now. Um, so if you need health insurance, 
call an agent. They're very good. They're very helpful. And you don't pay more, but they will assist you instead of you trying to maneuver your way through the exchange. Um, I had a little bit of an experience with one of my kids trying to get them on it, and I didn't understand it either because there's so many different ins and outs with deductibles versus co-pays and how much you can afford. It goes on and on, right? So get some help if you have questions. It's worth it. Yeah. All right. Also... 529 plans. People are still saving for education, believe it or not. Even though we've got a lot of stuff up in the air on student loans and everything else, I still believe you should save if you can. You do get a tax benefit through the state up to $6,000 per taxpayer, $12,000 per couple. So do that before year end because you can't get that one back. This is not a uh, tax season thing, so you have to do it by December 31st of this year to get it for this year. Also, it can be used, though. Don't forget, it can be used for K through 12 now, too. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's only for higher education, no. You can use it for private school. You can use it for expenses. There's even ways to use some for off-campus uh, living, but there's yep. some rules, so just yep. pay attention to the rules. Yeah, pay attention to that. Um, you can use it for tutoring. So if your kid needs tutoring uh, in something, you can actually use it for that, and it qualifies. Uh, but on the K through 12, remember, it's only up to 10000 per year. You can't pay the whole thing. So if you're paying more than that, then it right. will you'll have some out of pocket right. that you have to do. Yeah. And one interesting one is you can use up to $10,000 of it to pay student loans. So that's new. Yeah. Right. Because no, re- it's been around for a couple of years. Yeah. But newer, I guess. Yeah. It's newer. Okay. It hasn't been around. Well, it's been around since they were able to use it for K through 12. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. Which I like the flexibility because some, um, they get larger. I mean, 529s, if you started saving when your kids were really young and they end up going to a local school or more of a, a community Kelly, college. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that, that you need the funds for it's, it's available. So, mm-hmm. uh, make sure you also know you can change beneficiaries. So yeah. if somebody doesn't use it all, don't take the penalty, just change the beneficiary. Yeah, it's a Roth IRA for education. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's perfect. Good. Also, they finally are increasing contribution limits to qualified accounts. Um, IRAs, they've been stuck at 6000 forever, I think. And Ross as well. They're bumping them by 500 So, And if you're over 50, don't forget you also get a $1,000 catch-up. So there's always a catch-up on top of that if you're over 50. But if you're doing an automatic contribution to anything, bump it up as of the first of the year. Yep. And, uh, and that's great. Mm-hmm. It's anything we can do um, extra and and get tax benefits for it uh, is awesome. Yeah, 401k limits are going up too. So check your qualified accounts. The, almost everything went up this year, which is great. I mean, inflation's higher, so I guess they yep. think you're going to need to save more. Yep. Remember, Social Security's going up, but I don't know how much Medicare is going up. You know, it's always funny how they headline Social Security's bumping up, and then at, at the bottom it says, "Oh, and by the way, we're increasing your Medicare premium." So it's uh, usually offsets like you get. 10 bucks extra. Yeah, that's helpful, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But still necessary. So again, um, some of these things can wait, like we said, but most of them need to be done before the year end. Also, it's a great time to reset and look at where you're at. Um, If you've worried about the market and you have gotten out, make a plan to get back in. Um, Can't really guide you on how to do that other than we've had people come in with cash and say, I need to do something. So we make a plan for it. We say, what are you comfortable with? Some say, just get me in, just rip the Band-Aid off. I want to get back in. Others say, can you scale it over the next three months? Not based on what the market's doing, but if you pick the 15th of the month, do it on the 15th of each month. But don't just sit there and not do something. Yeah, take action. Dave says the best thing for when you're worried about something is to take action. So Mm -hmm. if you have anxiety about the market, Take some action. Invest $10,000 or $1,000 or something. Do something to combat 
what you're worried about. But do it on the positive way. Because sometimes when mm-hmm. you hear take action, we're not saying get out and change everything up and start <laughs> fresh and just go crazy. That's not it at all. Or buy gold. And- yeah, <laughs> just get out. No, that's not it. What we're saying is do something subtle. If you're taking income and you find your saving account growing and growing every month, maybe cut that back a little bit. If you don't need it, maybe slow that down. I know things are costing more and more. My, I still blows my mind what some things cost that aren't necessities, like bags of chips are ridiculously expensive. And coffee, right? Oh, but you got to have coffee. Yeah, that is a necessity. That's a necessity. I, I took that chips. Yeah. yeah. But um, when you look at that, if there's things that you can do, those are subtle things. Just cut that back a little bit. That's taking action. If you have a couple thousand dollars even, put it in the market and then watch what happens with those lower dollars, how it helps you come back quicker. Those are the kind of actions we say, be proactive, be positive. Don't react from a negative. Do something to make yourself feel like, look what I did. I was able to buy Amazon at 30% off. Mm -hmm. I was able to make these big choice decisions that you wouldn't have done if we didn't have this market pullback. Right. Okay. And one thing that it's interesting now is that interest is actually back. And uh, we haven't had interest for 12, 15 years, right? We, mm-hmm. Interest rates have been below average for so long. We've got used to them being below average, being normal. Mm-hmm. But this is interest rates being this high and so forth was normal for a long time. Oh, it was. And money decades, markets, right? it's funny when I think about money markets, cash, mm-hmm. when I started in 1994 was over 5%. Yeah. So people go, oh, I can't believe it. You know, interest rates have gone up. No, interest rates are going back up to kind of where they have been for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. but it is just now we're so used to the the Fed reduce, uh, keeping them down for so long because of everything yeah. that now uh, we're dealing with this. So there's opportunities to put your money into things that you don't have to take market risk, but you can now earn something. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just not used to it now. It's like people go, what do you mean I can get 3 or 4%? I I, I can't believe that. It's uh, shocking to people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What risk? What am I going to do? How, how much money can I lose? Yeah, how, how much will that go down? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But again, we don't know what normal is, right? I mean, everyone says we're the new normal or this is a new, we're back to what rates used to be. I don't know what normal is because market can, things change all the time. We have higher rates. We have higher dividends. We have stocks in some sectors doing better than others. That's why diversifying your portfolio really does work. It doesn't mean put your blinders on and just buy across the board. There are times when you think, you know, I don't think I want to touch emerging markets right now. Bonds aren't yielding anything. I don't want to go there. Rates are going to go up. So you have to put thought into it. But the broader your pie is diversified, the better it is for you to withstand the big market corrections. Right. right. And and think about... When we have downturns like that, these are not abnormal. A bear market is not abnormal. A correction mm-hmm. is not abnormal. So when we have them, we should go, eh, I get a cold every year. I'm not dying, and I recover. Market is having a bad cold right now, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's going to recover. Maybe it's going to recover soon. Maybe it's going to take a little bit, but it's going to recover. These things happen, and we'll get through them. But you have to know that it's going to happen instead of like going, oh, my God, this is a What's going to happen here? I'm, right. We're dying. And the funny thing about the market, too, though, is the last three years have been so strong mm-hmm. that we don't sit and go, oh, it gave me too much. I don't like this. It's too much. I should get out. It's funny how it is only on the upside. So when we make a lot over a few periods of time to have a pullback, it does make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So um, before we take a next break, let us let me jump to the phones real quick because we want to make sure we get this call. Marsha? Yes, hi. Hi. Um, um, I, I do, I'm 76, and I do have uh, some stocks, but um, I've done it for a long time. But 
I still feel most of the time when I listen to this show that it's way over my head and I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, I'm so, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, for instance, Dave often says, oh, it's only a cup of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. In other words, $5 a day. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is outrageous. I would never pay $5 a day for a cup of coffee. Hey, you've got the first point of the illustration right there. We agree. Okay, well, I sometimes wonder if everything you're saying doesn't apply to me, because I don't make much uh, a year. 25000 is is more than I make every year, because I'm retired, et cetera. But, um, yeah, is there any way to know if I should really be following what you say, or is it... Uh, above my pay grade. I don't know. You know, no, not at all. It's never above your pay grade. Um, what we're looking at when he says that is he's trying to use the analogy of you see people all the time spending money frivolously on something like a $5 cup of coffee without even blinking an eye. And what he says is if you took that $5 a day, which is about $150 per month and invested it instead of spending it on something that is overly priced, that you will have a nice retirement. So the point of that illustration is put 150 away, invest it, and then in 40 years, that will be, based on current numbers, over over a million dollars. So the point to that illustration is even small dollars make a difference. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So he doesn't want people to waste money. I mean, people are going to have to have fun in life as well. But that illustration is just saying it's easy to waste money on something that's not important. Don't do that. Put some of that away, and it'll give you financial security. Well, the reason I do well enough is that um, I don't have any debt. I haven't had for about 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So um, I am very frugal. It sounds like okay. it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, okay, well, I'll keep listening. Then. Okay, please do. And if you have questions <laughs> and you're confused, call us. That's why we're here, okay? All right. Thank All you. right. You have a great day. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to share a scam that's out there right now, and it's pretty disturbing. So I want to share that with you before we wrap up the show, okay? Um, But again, if you have a question, give us a call, 580-KIDO. Good morning. Welcome back to Money Matters. Jennifer Stone and Tom Brown filling in today for Dave. Um, Thank you for listening to us. Um, As Marcia pointed out, if we have concepts that we're covering that you have clarifying questions on, don't hesitate to ask. That's what we're here for. This is a completely an educational program. And if we're missing the mark for you, give us a call and let us know. All right. So I was listening. um, I listen to podcasts all the time. It's kind of I'm a little bit of a a junkie. And I was listening to one that came out. um, Wall Street Journal put it out and they were talking about and it caught my attention because the title said pig butchering. I thought, what in the world is the Wall Street Journal doing talking about pig butchering? So I had to listen to it because it's of course, spikes your personality. There you go again, looking at the negative. They're butchering pigs. So it got my attention, just like all that negative advertising does, right? hungry. Yeah, there you go. Um, and what it was talking about, though, is scams. And I guess there is a new texting scam. And this is why I wanted to point this out, because we get calls all the time about how to protect money. What are we doing to make sure things are safe? Most of the time, the issues that we found are from human error. Somebody responds to something and reacts when they shouldn't. So this story basically talked about a lady received a text on her phone 
said, hey, how are you? Got a new phone number or something to that effect. And she replied back with, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. That start the conversation. Kind of like that phishing we say, if you answer the phone call, you're a live body. They're going to keep calling you. So she created a friendship with this person through text. And then he started asking her about, do you invest? And she put and said, not really. I have a few investments, blah, blah, blah. So he showed her how to set up a Bitcoin or a, what is it? Money, Coinbase. That's what it is. A Coinbase account. And she started buying Bitcoin. And the reason this was done is she was not familiar with it, doesn't understand it, and he was helping her through it. And then once she did that for a while, they opened up another one on their phony site, and she put in a lot of money. He matched it. He helped her. So whenever people are giving you their own money in your account, that might be a red flag, something's up. But it sounded so good that she started to just keep adding and adding and adding, thinking she was working with a friend. She's making all this money. She's planning on helping her kids with education. And it's going really well. And then they block the account. And they say, oh, you need to add more money to get your money. She thought that was odd. But she doesn't know anything about Bitcoin. And her friend that's still texting her is telling her, no, no, you don't understand. That's how they do things. So she kept adding more and more money until... She went, something's weird. They didn't share what came across, but something happened. She couldn't access the account or something. And they walked away with 1.2 million of her dollars. She's a very frugal person. She talked about this over and over again. She'd saved for a long time. The good and the bad with technology is we are still a very trusting society. You think you're being kind and helpful by replying and saying, hey, you have the wrong number, but you've just engaged. So maybe... Just be careful, right? Don't answer emails from people you don't know. Don't answer text messages from people you don't know. Don't pick up the phone. They can leave you a message. If it's someone that really wants to get a hold of you and they do know you, they'll leave a message and you can call them back. But just be so cautious when you're doing some of this because they're so sneaky. And there's not a lot law enforcement can do because they can't track the person down. So she's out. They can't really even help with this. It's very sad. So watch what you're doing and listen to us next week.